Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes, and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hello, Feisties. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Women's Performance Podcast. I'm Sarah Gross, and I am thrilled to be talking to someone today who, kind of unknowingly, was part of Feisty Media's early growth. My guest is Arielle Knutson, who is the new CEO of Wassell, a women's running apparel brand that is doing incredible things and has built their entire brand on empowering women and creating community. We heard from and I learned a ton from their former president, Atsuko Tamura, a couple weeks ago. If you have not listened to that episode, it's episode 95 from February 5th. So go back and check that out. So back to my story about Ariel. When I first started Feisty, I had a couple small sponsorships. While I learned how to work with brands and create value in partnerships with like-minded companies, companies who wanted to support women's sports. Then one day, I got an email from Arielle, who worked in marketing at Noon Hydration, asking if I had a deck and if Feisty wanted to partner with Noon. Noon then became Feisty's biggest partner, and the partnership lasted four years. Interestingly, Noon also got an incredible ROI from the partnership, proving that women in endurance sports were a big and legitimate market. And you sort of have to understand that five years ago, that wasn't always assumed. Like we know now that women are a legitimate market in any kind of sport. Uh, but back then, brands often feared marketing to women in case they got it wrong or in case they were barking up the wrong tree and there was not really an audience there. Arielle ultimately rose to the VP of marketing at noon, which set her up very well for her current position as CEO at Wazelle. So today, I finally got to catch up with Arielle after all these years. We talked about why she invested in marketing specifically to women when she was at noon, how sport has shaped her leadership, how she deals with feelings of inadequacy, and how she sees Wassell growing into the future. Arielle, welcome to the Women's Performance Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's been, we had a few delays and finally um, we got you, we pinned you down and got you on the podcast. You know, when we were, like when your name came up as a new CEO of Wassell, like there were several people on my team who I know that you know also who were very excited to see that. So congratulations. And, and how's it been the first it's been since October, so four months or so. How's it How's it going so far? Awesome. Well, thank you for the kind words. It's awesome. I am just so, so happy to be here. I'm a longtime friend and fan and follower of Wazelle, the, the brand and the team. Um, and so it's pretty full circle to be here at the helm leading Wazelle into the next chapter. It's been a, been a crazy four months, but like a really fun one. Crazy in a good way? Crazy in a good way, yes. Okay. About Went to Austin for TRE, went to Boulder for a photo shoot, went to Orlando for the marathon trials. So starting it all off with a bang. Yeah. Did you ever, I'm already going off script. <laughs> I said, I always do this. I said the questions earlier and then like completely asked different questions. But <laughs> did you like, I'm just, this is just me being curious as a human. Like, are you, did you see yourself as potentially someone who would be like the CEO of a clothing company or of any company someday? 
Um, not necessarily. Um, I, I'm definitely not one of those people that's been like, I'm going to follow this prescribed career track and I have to like check these boxes, but I'm, I'm somebody that like, and this goes back to sport too. Like I'm very, always very interested in learning and in figuring out like what I'm capable of and what other people are capable of. So I like to like learn and progress and learn and progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and have always loved sports. So I remember being a teenager and like loving sports, but like not understanding how can I translate that to a career. Um, so like past me would think that future me did pretty good. So that's cool. Well, I can really relate to that. And I feel like, you know, I liked what you just said there about like learning about other people and what they're capable of too. Because I feel like that's real, that's CEO stuff right there. Yeah, the the team teamwork makes the dream work is real. Um, mm-hmm. You know, building building teams and, and like figuring out how to like unlock the best in, you know, yourself and other people and like a group of people together is um, a really cool feeling. Yeah. And I've, I've been lucky to experience that both in sport and in my career. Um, and it's just, it's like so special to be able to create that. Mm-hmm. And Wasel is kind of that kind of brand in terms of being like a brand that you can tell even if you know very little about it, like very focused on community, supporting women runners at various levels. Um, and I've often, I have often wondered this, so now I'm going to ask you directly, like how does that, like how does that mesh with being a business and having to constantly, like being focused on community and and supporting the community and social impact with like actually building a business and make, needing to make money to make it run and actually needing to make, to have money to like innovate and yeah. develop and move forward. You know what I mean? Like how do we, how do you balance those two things or how has Wazal done that over the years? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it is a balance. It's like, if you go too far on either end of the spectrum, um, you're no longer a business. And like the way that we like to think about it is the world is a better place with Wazal as a business being here because mm. here we, you know, we lead with our values. We, you know, are doing the best we can. We're not always perfect. No brand or person is always perfect, but the world is better. Sport is better. Women's active lifestyle communities are better if we exist. And so we try to make decisions that, you know, allow our business to, to move forward um, and grow and impact more lives positively. But that has to be at the core of what we're doing is impacting lives positively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I, I feel that, right? Um, and for you, like just stepping into this role, what's your vision for the next couple of years for the brand? Yeah, I think that Wazal has so much potential. Um, that's that's a lot of what what drew me to the position and what drew me to the team that's here. Um, you know, the sport of running is growing. The sport of running is strong, um, but there's still a lot of barriers to participation. Um, you know, I think especially for women. And so, I think Wazal's angle of really coming at sport from an inclusive lens, um, from a community oriented lens, and really valuing like the interpersonal connection between individuals or, or groups of people, um, will be, you know, a key tenant in what, what moves the brand forward. I mean, we, we want to get more, more women running and more women comfortable with running and more women running in their communities because we, you know, as athletes, we, I think we all probably believe that when women, um, are empowered through sport that translates into so many other aspects of life. And, you know, sport is kind of like a microcosm of, of the rest of what's happening. So there's, there's a lot more, a lot more work for us to do um, and a lot more positive impact to have. Yeah. And how does that, how does what we wear as female runners relate to empowering us or how does it, what are the connections there? Like, how does it help to feel? I mean, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm asking this, but I also like trying not to answer the question <laughs> in the question. Sorry. I know the answer, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what I would say. Sorry. But like, how does myself connect the dots with that? Like in terms of like putting together pieces of clothing or new pieces of clothing and that empowerment piece, getting more women running and encouraging more women to take up more challenges too. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and as you know, um, no, just kidding. um <laughs> like when, when we're comfortable moving, we're more likely to do it more. And, you know, especially for women who are newer to sport or, who are sort of just entering um, the running community, like feeling good about, you know, how they like physically feel and how they look while, while they're performing um, is important. It's an important piece of feeling like you look the part and that's, that's just the reality of it. Um, There's also a lot of, 
just like function um, that we design for that really does help women feel better when they're moving, whether it's, you know, sports bras that are supportive in the right places and adjustable, whether it's pockets so that you feel safe and you can carry safety devices, um, lots of reflective, um, you know, we were, I, I think the first brand, um, to do watch, you know, the watch window where it's just like really functional, functional, um, apparel. So we really try to design with like women's needs in mind when we think about our product and that translates to like feeling good when you run. Um, of, of course, moving your body feels good, but if you're, you know, moving your body, that feels great. And you're chafing a ton. That's, that's not a great experience. So we right. try to design for like the, the whole experience, keeping movement and women's bodies specifically in mind. Yeah. I also love the, like that, that kind of, I don't know what your technical term for it is, but that yoga band kind of around the, at the waist, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, it's just so much more comfortable. That is something that, that Wassel does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the short that started it all. So the right. short, the like run, running short with a yoga waistband. Um, was that was the short that started started Wazel's trajectory and it's still a staple. And talk about innovation. Like what a simple thing, right? Like you take like I often think about that like innovations like connecting dots, right? You take this one dot that's like people are making yoga, like clothing for yoga that's comfortable, right? And then running, running shorts are just like boom. Maybe I could dots. be comfortable while I'm running. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Like it sounds, it sounds funny now, you know, because we've had these types of shorts for a decade, you know, or more, but like, actually at the time that's, it takes someone sitting down and going, aha. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and there's lot, there's so much, you know, being newer to apparel, um, I find all of that really interesting. Um, mm. The great lengths to which our designers go to really make sure that the product that we're designing has like real real life in mind um so whether it's you know seams and chafing or where does a waistband sit um like you know sort of like the the pulley band like where does it sit on your on your waist and is it tight enough that your pants you know don't sag while you're running but not so tight that it's uncomfortable um so there's a lot of a lot of wear testing and like real life uh, considerations that go into how we design our product. Um, and it's, it's really cool and inspiring to see like how, how um, thoughtfully it's designed. Yeah, that's so cool. I just, my best friend um, just had her second baby and she actually, without those kind of shorts that have that comfortable waistband, like she actually, she had a C-section. So she actually wouldn't be able to run. Yeah. Right. Like she would have had to hack something together. Right? So these are things like we don't necessarily think about or we didn't years ago. And now because of brands like this, we have so many more options. Absolutely. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone. Right. That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today, with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the App Store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code feisty for two months of full premium access. That's right. You get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code feisty 
F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tofosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tofosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They are shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tofosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Um, so like, let's talk a little bit about your background in sports. Like was sports part of your life growing up? Sports were part of my life. Um, I spent most of my childhood competing in gymnastics. So oh, gymnastics. Yeah, okay. From the time I was, you know, mom, mommy and me in the foam pit, um, almost all the way through high school. I stopped, I stopped competing in my junior year of high school. Wow. And so did you, are you aware of ways that that was empowering in your life in any kind of versus a non-athlete yeah I mean sport sport was very very formative for me even when I stopped competing in gymnastics it was due to injury like you know fitness and moving my body was something that's always been really really consistent I didn't find running until I was in my like mid mid late 20s um but even through that sort of like gap period, um, whether I was doing like gym classes or, you know, going for walks, like just I think the having sport in my life as a, as, you know, um, you know, a kid and sort of developing teenager taught me all sorts of things about, you know, discipline and time management and setting mm. goals and leadership. And, you know, all of it's it's, you know, the, the stereotypical list that that we all hear. But I think um you know, probably everyone that has participated in sport as a kid can look back on that time. And like, you know, it's, it's so transformative. It's like emotional, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's so meaningful in how it shapes your perspective on the world and what you're capable of. Mm -hmm, for sure. So through high school gymnast, where did you, when did you, I know you did triathlon and running, um, was there a gap in there? Did you do something else or when did you start with, with those sports? Yeah. So I started running in 2009. Um, I think between, between like call it end of high school and um, through college and, and up until then, you know, I, I went to the gym a lot and did sort of like mm. fitness classes and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't very sort of social in my, um, in my sporting endeavors. Um, but in 2009, I had like sort of started running rather than doing cardio at the gym, but like, you know, a mile, a couple miles. Um, and my, um, sister and my now sister-in-law, she wasn't yet my sister-in-law. I was like, Hey, I'm running the Seattle rock and roll half marathon. Do you want to run it with me? I know you've kind of been running. And I was like, no, no, thank you. I cannot <laughs> run. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and she's like, yeah, but like you kind of do run. Are you sure? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I have no interest in running a half marathon. Um, and, but like, finally she asked so many times that I ran it and like I registered and I did it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I don't even know if I liked that, but I'm halfway to a marathon and that's something I'm supposed to want to do, right? I may as well just get that done now too. Mm -hmm. um, so I registered for a marathon later in 2009 and like it it just like weaseled its way into my life in a way that it will probably be here forever. I love that. Where did, 
And you did a number of Ironmans somewhere yeah. in there. So were you that person who did like the half and the full and then it's like, where do I go next to yeah. Ironman? Like, longer and longer. Yeah. It's like, how long can I exercise for? <laughs> yeah. So I, I ran the Portland Marathon in 2009, barely missed a Boston qualifying time, which I didn't even know was a thing. So I was like, I got, now I got to do that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, ran again, qualified for Boston, got injured, um, which is where triathlon works its way in and started just swimming and biking a lot for cross training. Mm-hmm. Well, I may as well do a triathlon. Um, and yeah, then the next decade was spent doing nine Ironmans, you know, many, 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 many halves um, and lots, lots and lots of running events. Um, and it's been, it's been so fun. I actually first found out about Wazelle when I started running and I was looking for just like a group of women to run with. Um, like I didn't have friends that ran. And so um, Wazelle at the time had a really strong social media community mm-hmm. and, you know, I like started engaging and interacting with the team um, and joined the Wazelle racing team, which was like their sort of like ambassador athlete network before it was Volet. And that's how I was introduced to this brand. Um, it's how I was introduced to a ton of my, you know, they were my running friends at the time. Now they were just like life friends. Um, and it's how I got my job at noon hydration. So it's all very full circle. Sport does great things. Yeah, for sure. And I almost feel like I'm a little bit part of that circle, you, are. <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah, I like, we are <laughs> like when I, when I retired from being a pro athlete and I started advice to media and then like you were really, and I tell this story a lot, honestly, like you were the first, it was the, f- the first time, like an actual, like someone in charge of marketing at a company reached out to me and said, Hey, like, can we sponsor you? You know, I did have other like small deals and I had a little deck, I think maybe that I sent to you or something like we had other, but you're the first one who was just like, how do we support all of the things that you're doing? You know, like, and I always really appreciated that because noon, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what it is today, but at that time was actually like a pretty big brand, especially in triathlon. Right. So that actually gave me confidence too on the flip side of that. Right. Now, now we've all done so many cool things together. Exactly. Exactly. And do you think that that like, so after you finish doing like longer and longer and longer, you know, I think every Ironman triathlete goes to this stage. Like, so then either you do, either you have to start doing ultras, right. Or you start doing Ultraman, like you're out there doing triathlon for multiple days in a row. Like, where did you go from there? And where, where does running fit into your life now? Yeah. So from, from Ironman, um, I went to ultras. No, uh, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, are, we, already, we already did that part. Um, yeah. So I was but, like, oh, all those crazy yeah, people. Who I, do all, oh yeah. That's you. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, well, you, I, awesome. I got kind of burnt out on my bike, um, after all those years of cycling. Mm. Um, so I wanted to like maintain like that duration of exercise, I guess, and see what I was capable of and, um, have gotten into trail running. Also, we adopted a dog during the pandemic. Um, and my goal was to make her just be the best trail dog in the universe. Mm-hmm. Mission, mission accomplished, but it was a great, um, great reason to get out on trails and run um and sort of build build that skill set. So done a couple 50Ks in the last few years. Um, I did my first 50 mile mm-hmm. at Mount Hood last summer. Um, and that was the moment that I the first time ever that I finished a race and thought, okay, that was enough. Oh, interesting. Okay. 50 miles. Like that was so fun. I'm so glad I did that. What a great day. I don't need to go register for another one right now. Wow. All of the rest of the events, you know, at least for me, the moment I've crossed the finish line, I'm like so high on adrenaline. It's like you're already kind of planning the next thing. Not after that. So I'm just okay. That's a sign. We'll see if I do another one. Unknown. Right. So then did you go back to like, have you signed up to anything shorter, like a marathon or a half or a five kit? So I'm doing, I'm doing a couple marathons this year. I think I'm going to, I was registered for Boston. Um, so wow. I'm going to run that um, probably a little more for fun at this point. And then running a marathon here locally in Seattle in the summer. Um, I turned 40 in October. So I really want to like PR at 40 and then, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure I'll want to do something else ridiculous, but that's what I'm telling myself I need to do now. Yeah. And what is it, you know, I, I ask a lot of people this, but like the training that you do for these marathons now in your role, like what does it do for you? Does it help your leadership or your job? You do your job better? 
I mean, I think it does. You know, when I prioritize doing something for me that's like only about my needs and not about anybody else's, um, I always just feel better about my day, my time. It feels a little bit more like all of the things that are, you know, not in my control at all are are a little more controllable because I controlled the things that I could. Um, you know, being in being in a routine and just sort of having having the discipline and um, you know, just yeah, it it it's super, super helpful. I do a lot of thinking on my runs. Um, my runs are either like super social friend time or it's like super just like me in my mind. Right. Do you listen to podcasts or music or you just go? So I listen to music. I can't okay. listen to podcasts because it's like too, it's like too stimulating and I need to right. just be able to like zone out. I listen to podcasts when I commute in my car. Um, right. but when I run, it's like either friend chats or like chill vibes music. It's not even like pump you up music. It's like just chill. Oh, interesting. Right. And then you, I do that too. I, I shift pump me up music <laughs> but it's like the same playlist over and over and it's almost intentional so it gives like part of my brain something to listen to and then I can think over here right if then I get all those the ideas or whatever you know needs to come out of my brain <laughs> as we head into summer rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance reducing stress and living a long and healthy life we should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, Shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code performance for 15% off your first purchase. That's code performance at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedda's have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. 
You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein, like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. Um, so I want to go back to those days at noon when I first heard from you. Um, I'm very curious because I know like it wasn't just feisty that you reached out to at that time. Like I know that there were other kind of burgeoning brands in triathlon that were led by women that you also reached out to to support. And I'm wondering, like, what was it that you saw in terms of like the business advantages of for noon or the advantages for noon in particular of supporting women's initiatives like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the like social media and like sport ambassador network, like all of it was so different, even, you know, three years ago versus five years versus seven years ago. Um, you know, but at the time I think, you know, as a brand, we'd really identified that, you know, noon's noon is a product for everybody, but there was, um, you know, a big opportunity with, with women, um, and women athletes in particular, just in that their level of interest and in and interest in education about sports nutrition was generally like higher than than men's. Um, the sort of, you know, noon was like so, sold in a cute cute package, um, very like compact, on the go friendly, throw it in your purse. Um, and so there were a lot of parallels that just made it um a product that was really relevant for women. But you know, in terms of our like marketing and our brand partnerships, I think one of the things at the time that really drew us to Feisty and to some of the other, um, you know, like female focused brands that we partnered with were just how, how those brands focused on community and connection. So, so much, um, you know, it was a really like, yes, you know, in some ways like grassrootsy, but like also just really authentic way to work yourself into as a brand, work your way into like an athlete's routine, an athlete's lifestyle. Um, I think we all know like word of mouth is is so, so effective and impactful for a brand. You know, if a, if a friend recommends something to you and it's like they don't just love the product, but they love the brand because it means something to them, like we're all a lot more inclined to try it than mm-hmm you know, if it's just an ad. Um, And so many of the other brands in triathlon and running that were um, sort of female focused, like they had that level of authenticity about, about them too. Um, And so it was authenticity and like sort of that, that trust um, was something that was really important to us at noon. You know, we were, um, you know, I think probably like in, in the middle of our brand life cycle from when I was there, at least um, in, in that time, but um, we, we were really focused on that sort of tra- level of transparency and connection and how we, and how we did our marketing. Um, and it, you know, long-term, 
it paid off. We had a, we had a really, really strong community that stayed with us for a long time. Yeah, I think that's really key. Like, I think you really saw something there in terms of like how women connect with each other and also the customers. This is the feedback we get a lot from our partners, like that if you make a customer through that community and people like your product, they stay and they're loyal, right? And that's how it, and I know like, I know that that's how the numbers went, like like for noon and for like, other, like you know what I mean? Like, I actually, I'm like, I have the data, like that kind of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I also liked what you said about the brand being like noon as a brand was not like hyper masculine, like some of the brands, especially back then, like now things have changed quite a lot in terms of how people do their branding. But I definitely really appreciated that. Were you involved in that process at all? Um, not, not initially. Um, we went through, um, a couple of, um, sort of like redevelopments while I was there that I was involved in, like sort of updating the packaging, um, and updating a lot of our brand visuals. And we did definitely, I mean, for, for those, you know, I wasn't there at the beginning when we like named it or came up with the original logo right. or anything like that. But, um, we did really keep like our customer in mind. Um, and to your point, like sports nutrition is a, you know, is still and was at the time a pretty saturated category. Um, and there's a lot of like amp you up, like kind of aggro type brand positioning in sports nutrition. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And also that's not what everybody's looking for. Yeah. Back in those days, I used to get emails with some frequency from people who were like running some kind of sports nutrition brand or supplements. And they'd be like, we want to like, we want the women's market. Like, and then I'd go to their website and it would just be like, their marketing would just all be men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's some, I can, I can even remember like the landing page and I just like, and I have to tell them, I'm like, well, I can't, like, there's no way I could sell this from this website <laughs> to, to my people. Like literally it's just like, you come on, there's like some ripped shirtless dude. It's like, you're made. Well, like, why would you not relatable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, on one hand, some women would like that, but like it's not relatable for a product that's going to help us with our performance, right? No, it's and it's not even aspirational because it's like <laughs> oftentimes like that's not what that's not what most women are after in their exercise and sports nutrition regimen, you know? Exactly. Um, so it's like it's not relatable or aspirational. It exists, and when you don't have any other options, you like figure out the path of least resistance or which thing do you dislike the least. Um, mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it was a big opportunity for Noon to just like lean in on sort of more gender neutral um, branding and positioning mm -hmm. and then really, yeah, focus on relationships and connection. And, um, you know, that netted us out as more of a female brand than a male one. Um, but I think I think at the end of the day, our customers were, you know, somewhere between 60, 40 and 70, 30. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a landslide in terms of um, representation either. Right. 60, 40, which, who is the 60? Female. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, but I do agree that like, I thought, I felt, I feel like a lot of the branding was gender neutral. Right. Um, but maybe that's just goes to show what happens when you make women feel comfortable. Like maybe more women are coming to your brand than elsewhere. Okay. Something yeah. like that. Um, you were at noon for a long time. Um, what are some of the main things that you learned about yourself or your own leadership style at that time? I so I think one of the biggest things I learned at noon, I was there for 10 years, um, from 2012 to the very tail end of uh 21. Um and one of the I like I learned how important it is to learn. Um, you like as a brand, you know, it started, it was so small when I started. Um, and as the brand evolved and the business evolved and the team evolved, you know, there were all these, I was there for 10 years and yeah, it's like the same brand. Um, every couple of years you're recreating your brand and yourself, even if it's not, that's not tangible to a customer. Mm -hmm. It's like what got us to today is not what's going to get us to tomorrow. So you have to kind of rethink what's working, what's not working and what, where do we go from here? And I think in my, like looking back on my career there in, in my earlier years and, you know, I was less experienced. Um, we were a smaller team, a smaller brand. I think like learning was hard for me, um, but just to be, to be agile and to be as self-aware and to know, to like have a vision, but also be flexible with your vision mm -hmm. and 
through all of the growth. I think one of the one of the things I'm proudest of personally, but just that I think also kept me and others there was like learning to be a really good learner. Um, and then as things change and as things grow and as you grow, you realize that like if you can learn it, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a very, very, very helpful helpful skill in retrospect. Yeah. I think that's completely related to confidence in my mind. Like I'm really relating in terms of startup life. Yeah. Like, cause I think noon was kind of still in startup yeah. mode when you started there. And that's like, and you definitely rose with the challenge. You can see even from the positions that you held this, like you were there, but like, it's like, okay, now as we first, it's just I don't know. Now I'm just guessing, but it's typically just like one person doing all the jobs in one thing. Right. <laughs> and then you, you yeah. like back it up and then that person has maybe a sm- one person working for them. And then da, 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 and then you learn to like run a team and all of those things. And you have to have confidence to move from I'm the person doing all the things and making yeah. all the social media posts to like, I'm running the show of an entire marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> right? And like, I have to teach and trust and, build and you know like at the end of the day one person can't be accountable for everything so how do you put like structure in place that enables everybody to be successful at the end of the day um so yeah noon being at noon for 10 years it's it's you know it was 10 years is a long time and in some ways it felt like a long time but in some ways it felt um very very fast Mm-hmm. And how do you put a structure in place so that everybody can, what did you say there? That was so interesting. Like how you like put a structure in place so that everybody can do their jobs. Yeah. Um, so that everybody can be successful. Successful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have found in like my years at noon and after that teams tend to do better with more information. Um, And of course, like as a leader, you can't tell every single person every single thing or every single person would be doing the same job and that's not productive. Mm -hmm. But if everyone understands what we're trying to achieve, why we're trying to achieve it, what role they're playing, what they need to be accountable for, like Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be successful. There's very Mm -hmm. few people that like actually don't care. and if you can provide, you know, the right guard, like sort of like meet meet individuals or meet teams where they are and provide like the right guardrails for them to feel like they have the right level of autonomy, like they are empowered, but like they have clarity in what mm. they're trying to do and where they're trying to go. Um, it's it's so much easier for, for and happier for everybody involved. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's I I love that you're saying that because I definitely am like, oh yes. <laughs> I've definitely like I've definitely got the feedback at some points that it's like, Sarah, we we're having too many meetings. <laughs> like we all we know what we're doing. <laughs> and then like on the other side of like, uh, I'm working in a silo. I don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. So you learn to find that balance. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think the balance is is like constantly evolving. It's like it's not static. You can't just like choose a balance and like, oh, well now everyone knows. Um, the other thing I always try to remember too, as a leader is, um, and we were, we were pretty good about this at noon. It like very much instilled this in my leadership style, but you know, as a leader, you're constantly thinking about the problem or the solution or the strategy, but like, just cause you're constantly thinking about it, that's not everyone's reality. And so if you say, here's the strategy, Everyone's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Um, you know, in order for it to sink in and become part of like team culture and vernacular and how the team behaves and functions and kind of governs themselves, repetition is key and relating it to each individual is key. Um, So, you know, it ultimately ends up coming back to like, do a lot fewer things, do them more consistently, do them better. Um, And the more clarity and focus that a team has, the more they will, you know, be able to succeed. Mm, I love that. That's so good. How would you, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, I, how would I describe my leadership style? I would say, um, like, I really like to connect personally. Um, I'm a leader that really, like, I like to meet people where they are and understand who they are and where they've been and where they want to go. Um, I'm a person in this, you know, I think it, you know, is 
in line with my sports background. Like I have high standards. I want the team that I'm on to achieve. Um, but I am a pretty like direct, transparent person um, where I, you know, am always willing to support and help and make my expectations known. So I'm like, I'm pretty predictable. I'm pre- you know, I'm like, as a leader, I think that I'm a pretty predictable person where a team that's worked with me for a long time is probably like, I know what she's going to say. <laughs> that's good. That could, you know? They have like an internal, like totally. what would Ariel do? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Like- they can like steer their compass and probably try to, you know, figure out like, okay, if we want her to do something else, what do we need to do? Uh, but I think predictability in, in a leader is um, like, it's something I've always appreciated with leaders because you, it, it helps to, to develop a team to develop confidence. I think when they know what to expect um, and it helps develop trust as well. Hmm. I love that. So good. And and did you ever over the years, like as you rose to the ranks or even as you were applying for your new job now, um, did you ever feel any sense of imposter syndrome or and how did you deal with that or deal with any negative thinking that came in? Yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone deals with imposter syndrome. So like, yes, absolutely. Um, I have dealt with it and I will continue to in the future. Um, but I think I always go back to like, remembering how well I can learn. Um, I think sport is something that get, has given me personally a lot of confidence as well. You know, Ironman is relatable to to many journeys, um, but just, you know, like you can work hard, you build a plan, you stay flexible, you can figure it out as you go. You're like training, you're training your skill set to be able to handle anything that comes along. Um, and it's the same thing, I think, in in business as you, you know, as, as things change, um, you know, you can, in business, you can have the best plan, the best strategy, and there's still going to be factors outside of your control. So you execute what you can and you stay focused on the things you can stay focused on. And ultimately you're going to have to like use some skills you didn't probably intend to because it's not always going to be perfect, but, um, yeah, I think, I think sports, sport is a great analogy to, uh, business leadership. So I try to, stay grounded in that. Mm, I love that you brought that out because that is something that I use often is like my, I, I had several moments last week actually where I was like, I'm not feeling good about things. I'm not feeling confident in myself. I'm not, you know? And then it's like, oh, like I completely learned this from sport. It's like, actually feeling good about taking the next step is like a bonus. <laughs> like it's really amazing when I feel good, but actually do I know what the next step is? Usually it's small. What's the next small step I need to take? I'm still going to like go through everything I need to do today. Here's the checklist. I already have my to-do list. You know, like I know what I'm doing and it doesn't matter necessarily <laughs> that I'm not feeling a hundred percent confident in myself right now because I know that will come back. That'll take care of itself. And I just keep going. And that's like, it's very much like from sport of like, just go and do the warm up, and, and see how you feel. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I really don't feel like going for a run. Okay. Self just go run one mile. Mm-hmm. And then like, once you run one mile, once you've taken any action, you like generally start to feel better. Like, of course there's times you don't when you're, you're injured and shouldn't have gone out to begin with or whatever. Not that I've ever done that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to like get started, take, you know, take an action. Um, I think another thing too, that's really helped me personally, um, honestly in sport and, and in business is to surround yourself with, um, good people and good mentors. Um, Mm -hmm. I think having mentors who understand, you know, not just where you want to go and not just mentors to push you, but mentors who understand who you are, your strengths, um, the reality of your work style or your training style, um, who can, you know, really keep you grounded and like meet you where you are. Um, it has been really helpful for me um, mm-hmm. personally, because, you know, there's at the end of the day, even if you have confidence and you have the skills, you're not always going to feel that way. And so to have a network that's, um, you know, a little bit outside of your direct, mm-hmm. <laughs> direct, you know, work or company or sports team or whatever, to be able to like check in with and keep mm-hmm. you grounded. Um is is so valuable to make sure that you know you stay motivated to run the next mile yeah how i get asked this a lot so i'm gonna ask you how did you find your mentors um they've been people that i have been lucky enough to cross paths with and just 
stay in touch with. You know, I have a number of mentors from noon. Um, I consider my triathlon coach who I still use for um, running coaching a mentor. You know, it's people that um, I sort of encountered along the way in my in my journey that um, I kept in touch with. Like, I, I really like to keep in touch with um, you know, friends, friends from the past, personal work, whatever, what have you. Um, because you kind of just like, you just never know. Um, and staying in touch, um, has been just so valuable and just like, so rewarding. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it comes back to sort of some of the, one of the things you said at the beginning about seeing the potential in other people. So I definitely have a lot of people in my life who like, we almost mentor each other, but that comes out of understanding, like that person might have a certain strength and I might have another strength and then we can, help each other or give each other advice in certain areas where one person's like further down the road than the other, you know? Yeah. The different, different perspective helps. That's I was talking about that with someone the other day. I think the most helpful, helpful mentorships are um, people that understand you, but who don't necessarily always share your same perspective. And that doesn't mean that it's like a contentious, like argument about what's right, but it's, it's um, individuals who totally understand and appreciate you the way that you are, but who like also have a different outlook or perspective and can sort of like open your eyes to things that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. Mm, I love that. Um, Okay. Before we go, do you have any advice for any women listening who might be looking to like develop themselves into a senior leadership position at some point? Yeah. Um, you know, learn, be open, ask questions. Um, I think what, one of the things that in retrospect in my career, I didn't do enough of early early enough on was ask questions. Um, I often came to the table and felt like I'm supposed to know the answer. So I'm not going to ask any questions because I don't want anyone to know that I don't have the answer. Um, and you know, you just sort of at that point, um, I was learning passively versus learning more actively by like asking questions and getting involved. Um, so I would, I would remind all of those women that nobody knows everything. Nobody is ever a hundred percent ready for whatever the next thing is. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Right. That's great. Well, Ariel, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. It was great to talk to you and good luck with yeah. guiding Wasal into the future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. This was awesome to reconnect and yeah, very, very grateful to be here.